This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Corridor Digital Podcast, guys. This is me. <laughs> do, do that again. Do that again. Do that again. You went into the Matrix, like, right as you started speaking. Did I? Yeah, it was yeah. rough. It was really rough. Okay, ready? And welcome back to the Corridor Digital Podcast, guys. This week, all... Do it again? Do it again? It's like when it switches to you, it gives you a brief like, welcome back to the podcast. You get one more try, and if it still does it, then that's just, that's well, it. Welcome back. <laughs> do it again? It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. That's like the, the, the vibe of the podcast, which is... Jank. <laughs> That is the vibe of this podcast. Guys, if you came here for excellence, go to Corridor Digital YouTube. If you want jank, come here. Uh, okay. Is it working, though? Is it working? I mean, one working. more time. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's working. Welcome back. To, I think we've already started, actually. I don't think we're going to cut any of that. <laughs> All right. And such are um, the troubles of a, of a Zoom meeting. Freaking and here we go, guys. Zoom. We're on what? Zoom. We're live again this week, uh, right here with you, great. back for another that podcast. Yeah, we heard that we the quarantine Zoom? is going to be over this week, so we're all going to go out and party together at a nightclub this yes. evening. Shoulder um, to shoulder. Model. Sweat <laughs> on sweat. Yeah. I, heard that, I heard that since numbers were going down, that we could all just quit quarantining and do whatever we wanted again. Is that oh, you right? Heard, you heard wrong, Jake. Oh, ah, dang. <laughs> yeah, I was getting really excited. Dang. <laughs> Don't worry, your chance will come. I, I, you know, I am looking forward to going to a party, though. As soon as like someone can have like a post-quarantine party, I will be at that party. Gonna are we going to start a club for like the like ones who are clean, where it's like, look, I've been quarantined for two weeks, I'm clean, and then like you have a secret handshake. Yeah. That's established two weeks prior and updated daily. You know what we said when we started this? We weren't going to talk about the coronavirus. I just, I just had to get things. it in. I just had to get it in. He just had to get it in. I mean, come you on. Know, you know, but that's the thing. I think uh, it would have to be invite only. You can't make it public. You have to be like, hey, hey, uh, you've been sheltering in place, haven't you? <laughs> Let me uh, fill you in on a little, uh, little a special little, gathering. A little secret of mine. Yeah. But yeah. all right, well, we'll see. In other news, um, I know people have been wondering about the editor submissions. Um, I did make a post about this on Instagram last week, but uh, we had over a thousand. Yeah, that's a lot. Uh, I've been going through them for the last week or so, um, and I've got 20 to go as cool. of right now, Wednesday evening. Wow, that's pretty that cool. Is- impressive so i've got to get 20 through the 20 more and then i've got 70 unless all of those 20 go into the review bin i've got 70 that are in the review bin i'm going to review those second a second time and then send them to to everybody so get ready there'll probably be about 20 
15 or 20 that I'll and ultimately end up sending. So Jake, when you go through like a thousand videos, like at a certain point, you know, you've, you've seen the footage a million times. Well, I guess a thousand times. Yeah. Like, what are you looking for in something like this? Uh, well, um, there's a couple things, uh, and, and it is, it is most certainly, um, video content dependent. Like not every video is, has hard and fast rules, but for the footage that we gave, there are some hard and fast rules. Um, number one was, uh, things like things that I would look for, uh, to tell me if I should continue watching the video or not were things like its overall length just straight up off the bat if it was over like 17 18 minutes i you know um after having watched about a hundred of those um to see what people were doing at that length i realized like none of those um were really meeting the requirements of like you know there's no way they can keep it entertaining for that yeah, long. Yeah, you, you just yeah. can't. Yeah. There's not enough in the footage. Oh, yeah, that's the thing. Is this, this is, it's not footage that we've actually edited ourselves yet, right? No. So there's like no context for yeah. for how long it should be, but discovering it through that process. That's, this, that's yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't start by just being like, oh, this video is 20 minutes long. There's no way. But after I watched about 30 of those, and then... <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay, pretty much every video that's that long can't be entertaining because yeah. its length makes it impossible to be that entertaining. Did so you ever go what, like, did you ever go like, all right, one minute, let's see what you got for me. Like, I saw so, I, yo, yeah. Well, what I would do is I, I, before I even checked anything, I just click and I'll watch the first 30 seconds. Yeah. And that gives you a pretty good idea of where, what the person's style is. And then from there, I'll scrub and I'll look for things like, did they use B-roll? Uh, how do they set up moments? Uh, did they not use music? There's a lot of people who did not use any music at all. Oh, gee, um, nothing? Nothing? Yeah. Uh, if, it's, if they just edited one story, is that one story over 10 minutes? Because, you know, like just sitting there watching you guys mess around on, with a crash mat, for oh, it's that 12, for twelve <laughs> minutes is like <laughs> yeah. That's I get it. Yeah, at. he hits the pad. All right. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, so, so then it comes down to things like: Did they use motion graphics? Uh, how did they use the footage? Did they did they edit it chronologically? After a while, too, you, you begin to see like the way that it was actually shot chronologically, and like there's a moment in the uh, crash mat footage where Ren decides he's going to run up to the top of the uh, uh, costume loft and he's going to try to, <laughs> you know, he sat on that edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, so there's, so there's a moment in this footage and while Ren is going up there, Nick turns the camera and he, and, he, and he looks at Clint and Wes and they do this whole other shtick for about 30 seconds and then, and then the camera goes back to Ren. A lot of people that were just editing chronologically left that in there exactly in the actual chronological point in which it occurred in time when there that there's no real real reason to use it there you know it's like all you're doing at that point is just scrubbing through trimming it down leaving it in chronological order but you're not utilizing it towards the story which is the thing that we saw right before that was ren creating a story point which is hey i'm gonna go see if i can jump off of this loft and now you're cutting away to something and then coming back to it simply because that's where that happened in real time, but not in service of the story point. Yeah. And so there's a lot of that um, all over. And when I saw things like that, you know, and then I created tears um, just so I didn't like miss anything, you know? So I've got like five tears that I put all the applicants into and depending on, how confident I feel after the first two tiers. I can always go into like the third and fourth ones, but I doubt, I doubt that. Part I of me thinks um, that you should give the same so uh, test. Part of me thinks you should give the same test to both uh, Dean and Matt to see what Ooh, you do. That's devious. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's how they got They've it. already done that test though. We should do that actually. We should do It'll that get- for like that's almost like the new benchmark like whatever they come yeah. up with should be kind of where the new editors are coming in at yeah 
Dean and Matt would probably crush it. (laughs) Dean and Matt would just knock it out of the park. Yeah, it's not fair because they have so much practice now too. Yeah, now they get off of that. Um, Did a lot of people make a really funny video though? Yeah. Oh, totally. Did a lot of people do uh, like the teaser like before the logo? Did it? Yeah. Yeah. Stuff. Almost everyone did that. Oh my god! Uh, You could do the storyline. Sorry, Dean and Matt like are like, hey. we've got an idea we're gonna reapply for the editors and say we can re- work remotely so that way <laughs> we can get a little bit of extra side work you know that side cash <laughs> we'll come up with aliases and like <laughs> they do edits in the office and like, they go we, home and do we more have enough edits. free time alias dan those working and then they're like oh yeah uh we live in sweden and uh we have we can help you edit your video but we are eight hours ahead and uh it'd be from sad and tam said and tam yeah that's my horrible there was a guy from sweden who did his own brand integration for himself wow that's pretty clever whoa yeah there was two people that did that they did they did integration (laughs) mid-rolls about how and why they should be hired that's pretty great that that is clever that's pretty that's really fun i gotta ask jake what percentage of applications didn't follow the directions of name and like yeah the format restrictions Uh, honestly uh only like point three percent point three yeah nice less than a percent so everyone was on top of it this time around good Good. yeah i everyone did a great job with that so and yeah we got rid of the all the all the bs stuff came in within the first 24 hours and then so not (laughs) excluding that obviously Mm -hmm. and then there, there were some kids that were like hey i'm 13 I don't want the job, but can you can you look at my video and tell me how I can do it better? Oh wow! Um, so there's a couple of those, uh, but yeah, we've got 70 left that are in that are like prospective for round two. So now I have to go through those 70, boil it down, and then yeah, that'll that'll be that 20, and then from there we'll we'll reach out to some of them for round two. I got a question about those. I got a question about those videos from those kids. Yeah. Are any of those videos a video or if we if we actually applied the entire studio for a day and like worked on their video, anything there that would have potential for just blowing their minds or um <laughs> I mean I could pull one up right now. <laughs> Wait, were, was it their own video or was it the actual edited footage like as if they were applying for it, not expecting to get the job? Um, well, to, I'll be dead honest with you. I did not look at them because as soon as they told me in the subject of the email that they were 13 and that they weren't looking to get hired, I just moved on. Mm. That's fair. Uh, you do have a fair. thousand of them to go through. There's a thousand of these to get through. Yeah. Uh, let me pull it up. Let's see what this kid's got. <laughs> Meanwhile, right. on this podcast, I guess I'll describe what the video looks like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, Jake, if you share a screen, it will be in the recording. Yeah, that's true. You can head over to YouTube and uh, watch it there if you're listening to the audio yeah, only. Yeah, if you're listening to audio only, it's on the YouTube version. We'll still describe it, though. Here in my internet inbox looking for 13-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> I just noticed that like my virtual background is like, erasing my chair, so it just looks like I'm sitting here like awkwardly holding my elbows outwards. <laughs> <laughs> just, just like constantly like, stand <laughs> constantly with my arms just out of the side the whole time this is my comfortable resting position <laughs> especially when it's a little thumbnail view like full screen you can kind of tell if there's a chair here but little thumbnail view it's really weird here you go here's one of them I'm 13 and I'm not looking to get hired. I just want to ask if I did a decent job editing this video and where I could improve. Do you guys want to, if, if, if I also had an idea for a future video, if you're interested, oh, oh. do you guys want to see this? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, honestly, that's like, that's really sweet that he would send us a video and just, you know, his edit wants to see what it's like. So yeah, let's watch it. Let's, let's take a look at this edit. Oh, yeah, it wasn't even it wasn't even like, I know I can't get the job because I'm 13. It's like, I don't want Never the job. Mind. I just want the feedback. His video is privated. Oh, he oh. changed it. Okay. <laughs> no well. Uh, well, uh, well, if you're if you're <laughs> well, listening to this, listen to this, change that thing that to unlisted, and maybe we'll go chance. back. That was your chance. That was your shot. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know that moment in Eight Mile. Well, 
Yep, you failed. Dang. <laughs> you got mom's well, spaghetti all over your chest now. Pretty sure. Dang. Pretty sure they haven't seen Eight Mile if they're 13. <laughs> Isn't Eight Mile older than 13 years old? That's what yeah. I'm saying. I'm pretty sure they haven't even seen it. It's probably not even old enough to watch. Ask it. your father. <laughs> it's too vintage for them. All right. Well, point Anyways. is, there was a lot of submissions, and it was humbling to see all of them. And uh, I'm really excited to reach out to the round two people. There were a few that I, you know, when you're watching them and you're slogging through hundreds of these, and you get to that one that's got that shine to it, and you're like, "Wow, this this is actually entertaining, and I'm enjoying it." And it's like creative and there's they're doing things that i didn't think of and they're you know they're trying things and they're making decisions feels good decisions yeah that's what it is man decisions making decisions that's art yeah that's filmmaking well you heard it here at first the process is going and you will get an outreach email if you made it to the next round that's right nice we'll probably post something on social media when we say those go out to just so for those of you who didn't make it you'll know that uh yes you know, They've been reached out to if you, and so you will have an email to make the second round. So, um, Ren. Yeah, what's up? How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> Where's it? You put your hand in the foreground. Yeah, what do you it's hold like, it? Two by four? Yeah, no, just like an IKEA wood slat. I was going to 3D print and then cap for it and put it up on my wall. Ren's been doing mask. some interesting things since he's been locked up uh in quarantine you've been 3d printing like what your own house or something <laughs> <laughs> not quite I've, I've been trying to have the printers going non-stop uh this whole time printing something usually it's uh ppe stuff for for uh healthcare workers some okay. like ear protectors for for like masks and stuff because a lot of uh nurses are getting like rashes on the back of their ears just from having like the straps on them 24 yeah. 7 yeah uh so i've been printing a lot of that also just in in my uh, my New Year's resolution that came in early February, I have decided to try to be a lot more organized in my life, and so I've been 3D printing some some organizers. I've got like little like wire clips and stuff to help organize my ton of wires, like a little SD card holder thingy. What uh, what what caused you to want to make that change in your life? Um, mainly my my inability to function in life <laughs> inability to function man you live life to the fullest yeah what does that mean i i don't know how to describe it it's it's uh yeah i, I transitioning to working from home was very difficult for me uh, uh and and so and especially just because i mean you guys know how cluttered my desk at work can be at home it's advanced <laughs> so I, I i took a lot of time to like straight up clean everything reorganize uh, actually, my my living room looks spectacular now. I will say, uh, and I've just been trying to make an effort to clean off my desk at the end of every day, and part of that uh, is to help uh, have places for things to go. Like uh, I have, I've three D printed this little drawer thingy, so all these different drawers that go in, and I can print more of these too. You know, it's just on demand. I don't have to wait for three week Amazon shipping. Yeah. This is the only time in your lifetime where 3D printing will be faster than ordering those little st like storage things from Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, you know, 3D printing is really cool and it's, it's, you know, it's spectacular for prototyping, but like the one thing that didn't really take into consideration back when we started was just like how long it takes sometimes. Even just like simple stuff. It's like, oh, it'd be great to have like these little drawers. I wouldn't have to buy them, but like it takes a week to print them versus like, you know, two days on Amazon Prime. Now it's not always the case, but in this particular instance, you can get it in all the time in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it really depends what you're trying to print. Yeah, like pretty much the bigger the object, obviously, the longer it'll take. Uh, but there are some things that are, are better to print at home, especially if you can like customize it to specifically fit your need. Oh, dang, where'd I put my clamps? I printed like the world's biggest clamp. <laughs> it's like I want to see big, that now. It's a yeah. big green plastic thing. clamp. I think I put it in the garage. I'd have to go get it. Uh, so like is that a, the biggest a, thing a you green printed? Green screen clamp? It is green. You know what? Carry on talking. I will it. be right back. All right, Ren's Don't coming back it. with the clamp. <laughs> the clamps. Yeah, the clamps. organization. I, I I did a lot of that right before uh, uh, Gwen was born, which was uh, not – it was like an inadvertent uh, uh, 
organization set up <laughs> the whole quarantine thing too. yeah and uh it's definitely paid off did you feel that that uh like pre-child nesting instinct or was it just part of uh yeah no it was it was, it was definitely that um yeah. because of well but there's also like an element of uh i was combining offices with sarah so i had to like kind of consolidate yeah. all mm -hmm. the junk that i have in this room here had to uh, put the guitars on the wall well they already were <laughs> I, I need more freaking wall space i have too many now but you know <laughs> Make a I mean, wall out of guitars, dude. <laughs> not a bad idea. Hang them on the ceiling. Well, it's yeah. not just actually the actual guitar stuff. It's just, uh, you know, it's, you want a desk setup that fits what you do, so to speak. Yeah. Um, you, very frequently, you just end up having like this slab of wood that you put garbage on. And <laughs> like, yeah. the more you can like, like just try to optimize slab. or specialize <laughs> it towards what you're doing and your use, I think the better. So. You know all the music gear and stuff, shelves, uh, Velcro strips yeah, for like guitar pedals. Basically, I have like a desktop pedal board now. Mm. Um, the whole like sliding keyboard underneath the desk that saved like half the room. Um, but definitely pays off, and if you have the time to do it, definitely recommend it. But, um, when I get into my new house, I'm gonna start messing with uh, with the little music setup. So you're gonna need to help me with that, like we were talking about. But man, that, that, that ability to just like right now I've got the whole, I've got the whole video streaming setup, you know, going and, and it's really nice to just sit down at my computer and be able to like, like if we're going to play a game on node, know that it's already set up or yeah. if we're going to chat here, know that it's already set up. It'd be nice to yeah. do that with electronic music too just sit down and pull up the program and know that you can immediately start recording something. Yeah, definitely. It'd be nice to get that way eventually back in the office when we're back into just knowing that node gaming setup, podcast is set up, just easy walk in the room and start rolling. Definitely. Who's, uh, whose discord is still on? Not mine. Uh, mine's that popping me? off. I think it's, that might be one of you guys. You got to deafen your discord. Mine's deafened. Boys. I'm me. It's going through the microphone somehow. Well, I mean, it's, but it's going through my headphones. How how would this be picking it up? I, I'm hearing it on my side. I don't know. It might be you. <laughs> uh, I deafened my Discord. Deaf, dude. It, oh, it, is it oh, me? Was you. <laughs> if you're hearing it through your own ears and speakers, it's got to be you. But Everyone else has headphones. I, I'm just going to log out. I'm logging out. So, Ren, did you return with your clamps? I did. I did. So, I, I printed this clamp to begin with. It was just a small <laughs> little clamp because I needed to – I'm doing some battery stuff, and I needed to, like, pin a vacuum cleaner hose to my, my table. So, I was like, this will print overnight. Easy. Piece of cake. But then I was like, I need a bigger clamp. So, I printed this. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> just a big clamp. It's uh, Dude, I, dang it. It's three different pieces here. <laughs> it's got, like, this nerbled – like grip here at the end uh it, that's a c clamp that's a proper c clamp yeah pretty much uh but yeah it's pretty strong because i was going through my garage and i found like this uh, a few spools of filament that i bought like three years ago and never used and this green one was it so i just went ahead and printed this this took like 23 hours <laughs> oh dude your background is clean oh yeah okay. that whole back oh my god that whole area used to be a disaster zone back there. You can call it a disaster, <laughs> yeah. but it was especially it was, over there. There was a mess. I don't was, know. I didn't. I didn't know that there was not furniture over there. I thought there was furniture over there. Oh, there used to be a couch right here, but I've since pushed it up against the wall, which is okay. great. Wow. Yeah. So, do you feel like you can accomplish anything now? Yes, I can accomplish anything. I never give my up. Mind to never give up. <laughs> so what are you gonna what what kind of video are you gonna make next after your after your uh exponential scale video well uh i'm I'm working on a script right now for a video kind of talking comparing like the hobbit to lord of the rings but not not so much about the movie specifically as much as the method of modern filmmaking in a post visual effects world yeah Dang. tell us a little bit more about that give us a preview of yeah. uh give us a give us a previs Totally. Okay. So 
the general, I haven't finished writing it, but like the general like three X structure to this thing is kind of comparing uh, Lord of the Rings to the Hobbit to uh, the Mandalorian. And so in Lord of the Rings, they had, they didn't, they weren't able to have a lot of CGI and digital sets and all that stuff. So they made everything practically in miniatures and bigatures in, in, in a lot of cases, uh, and then put CG creatures or CG elements on top of all that. But using uh, the real plate photography of these miniatures to add to. But that meant is that once they got the footage, they're locked in. They can't alter it or change it or add notes to like the camera move or whatever. That's it. And then, you know, fast forward another 10 years or so, suddenly around the time of Avatar and The Hobbit, uh, uh, Matt Aiken from Weta Digital was explaining this to us on the couch for VFX Artist React when he was here. Is like He said uh, them and every other VFX uh, house on the planet essentially was making the transition to just doing completely digital uh, environments and that gave a lot more freedom to the director to control the look of shots. But uh, I'm going to propose that that actually is a bit of a downside, kind of like a bad thing, because it gives a little bit too much freedom. It, it removes the constraints that kind of help feed creativity. And, and so you started seeing a little bit more of a, like kind of a generic looking washed uh, style of visual effects that you started seeing over the last 10 years or so. And now, and then fast forward again to actually putting that creative control back into the hands of the camera workers, the cinematographer, the director on set with uh, the whole idea of virtual productions and uh, LED walls, being able to capture everything in camera uh, of fantasy. Like for Mandalorian, they shot, I don't know, like over a dozen different fantasy places. Like, you know, no TV show could have possibly shot at all these places that, on the budget that they are shooting on. And they're able to do it all in one studio, which traditionally you'd have to do in a green screen uh, room, which would have cost a tremendous amount of money and would have been a huge pain and wouldn't have looked that good. So that's kind of like how this all plays out. And then I, I'll have to figure out some sort of uh, uh, thing to say to tie it all together and, and give it some meaning. So, yeah. So, well, that's kind of in line with the stuff that you've been playing around with, Sam, on the, the last part yeah. of that conversation. Yeah. Definitely. Well, it's just like uh, after visiting that Lux stage, it's been really inspiring. So I've just committed uh, a lot of my free time over the last few months to figuring out how to use Unreal to do pretty similar stuff. Obviously, we won't have the giant multi-million dollar LED wall kind of set up, but I think uh, you can just just do the whole thing virtually, just characters, environments, everything. Um, and yeah, it will kind of look like a video game, but you know, you just for now create content that kind of fits that look. Um, so your first foyer into this? Yeah. Well, no, we so guys are actually developing we, we, right now. We we mm -hmm. had a little little session about this today, but we we're like, I was thinking, all right, we're all in quarantine. You know, we're all hunkered down. We're not meeting up for physical shoots. So what's a thing that we can do? with that constraint and so very quickly we just got to the idea of like let's do like one of those vfx artists react parodies um except it's video game characters talking about video games as if as if it's a working profession for them um so uh basically right now i've got clint nico <laughs> i've got myself we've i've got like a uh face tracked models that were scanned of everyone. Not gonna uh, lie, from what I've seen so far, sorry to interrupt, but the fidelity of the models for you, Nico and Clint are quite impressive. They're, they're, they've got a, a certain amount of like obvious jank to them, but at the same time, it's also like higher quality than I would have expected. Yeah, well, I think it's that kind of plays to the fact that I, 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 I used photo scans instead of like, trying to use some, some sort of like face generator to get a 3D model. And so that kind of adds a little bit of work to take a, a 3D scan of a face and like chop it up and basically rig it. But, um, you know, the plus side is just, it looks a lot more natural because it's a photographic texture and the, the face like has all the unique, you know, geometry of each person. So, um, Basically, the way we were thinking of shooting this thing, uh, we, we did kind of like a practice run today where we're basically taking some like really funny video game clips um, and over like Discord, 
we would just play the clip like it's a React video and we'd all just chat while watching the clip and just like, you know, crack jokes. And then um, basically we'll take that, edit it together, like kind of like audio only. And I'll use that audio track for the video to then basically uh, uh, animate everything. So, yeah. so it's kind of like, kind of like doing a, uh, like, yeah, a cartoon in a way, kind of similar oh, yeah. workflow. Yeah. So you're going to um, do, you're going to do straight up like facial dubbing. <clears throat> yeah. I'm, I'm face dubbing. Yeah, exactly. Why not and, have uh, uh, like uh, Clinton Nico use their own phone in that app to do the actual dude, an, uh, animation capture? I'm sure you've discussed this. Way. Yeah. Just, it's too many, too many, like too many things to deal with there. Like, I'm I'm I barely ha have a grasp on doing it like myself, <laughs> and so having like trying to coordinate it with three people like doing it on different machines, um, yeah, I just it's it's kind of it's above my my skill level right now. So, uh, but you know like you know I I can do some Nico faces and some Clint face. I can I'm like whoa, <laughs> like, you know, I'll just do that. No, this is great is, because it, now it means. Uh, that both Clint and Nico are going to be basically caricatures of themselves now because you're just going to be like, ah! <laughs> ah! Yeah, here, you can see here. I mean, yeah. this is Show this is Nico. This is uh, Nico here. Hi, so, I'm Nico! <laughs> for people just listening to the podcast, Sam basically just pulled up a weird video game interpretation of me that has like an extra wide mouth and video game eyes oh, and a yeah. way more animated <laughs> the, uh, face. The, the, the teeth are kind of jacked up. I, this is the most recent one I'm working on. But the uh, it's crazy how well it moves, though. Yeah, well, that's because right now I've got an iPhone down below. That's it's basically uh, Gary's mod. It's my... Gary's mod Nico. You've made Gary's mod Nico right here. <laughs> yep, there it is. Whoa! Whoa! So it's capturing live right there. Guy, yeah. oh no, what's gonna happen to the video game man? <laughs> it's like, wow, that's such a cool shot. Wow, I'm so impressed. Oh no, this part really makes me angry because, because, because I'm a hardcore gamer. No, the premise of this piece that the characters on the couch are video game characters who, yeah, have played Whoa, all that... these different games. Oh, like, oh, dude, you just revealed just Clint. Revealed Clint. <laughs> he was here. He was there the whole time. Yeah. Hey, what's up, guys? My name is Clint. <laughs> yeah. So, right now, uh, it's basically yeah. They're. Uh, <laughs> it's like we're taking it from the angle that these are video game professionals, like professionals in the video game games, not like so. It's so it's so it's fictional. But um, when we talk about the games, it's like a, it's like a half blend of talking about real world video game mechanics, and the other half is us making up like this goofy stories from set or the experiences working on these games. Yeah. So that's hilarious. Okay, so as if you're devs, not as if you're characters who. No, no, no. Like... as if like someone had to physically hold the game camera or someone had to like actually coach. <laughs> this game character into giving a performance uh, yeah, or like here's an example so in first person shooters you know you can always, you always see some pair of hands well sam's character is the one that uh does all the hand acting like, you, the hands in the uh doom 2016 that was sam um the hands that you saw in, in half-life one was actually his big break into the industry <laughs> really so, like, you need like a hand guy like he's got the best reload animations um <laughs> Video game like, characters react to CGI yeah. in-game hand renders. <laughs> well, yeah, basically that's one way to put it. But um, yeah, it's it, it's it's definitely a little bit out there. But the thing is, is that like all the stuff we're like pulling up in the clips are 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 either like interesting, like uh, familiar clips from games people uh, are playing, like popular games, yeah. or they're they're like. Uh, just like really weird glitchy clips that we then uh, tr attribute those glitches to like <laughs> someone on set quote unquote screwing up their job and uh, <laughs> uh, you know like if, if physics glitch out there's like a safety or st physics coordinator that wasn't looking out that day dude yeah. that's how people Talk die man you think it's funny but that's how people get seriously yeah. injured <laughs> yeah so that's the how your are rigs pretty well messed up beyond beyond <laughs> fixing See, all your bones get detached, and then yeah, and then all of a sudden you can't ah, re-rig them correctly. <laughs> yeah, 
So, but yeah, it's going pretty well. Um, yeah, what is what is head faces. what is head three D Nico? What on the left on the left side? Oh, that's of a your... texture. That's an unwrapped texture right there. Oh, dude, your head's all like split out. That's crazy. <laughs> oh yeah, that's. <laughs> That's the weird, like, cylindrical unmapping of, <laughs> oh of a human face. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, that should be your profile photo. picture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. You can see the sides of my head and the front of my head all at the all same time. All at once. You can see even the back of your head. It's like it's yeah. kind of a profile, but not. It's weird. That is. Are your yeah, eyes it's, pretty, it's pretty cool. Is it just the skin? being so massive on either side dude i just have massive what? skin <laughs> <laughs> well i think the Dang. amount of skin on <laughs> just keeps creeping up on people in this <laughs> oh man since peter's like a frame rate of like one right now <laughs> yeah so yeah this is my little face testing zone where i've got all the faces linked up it's really creepy <laughs> but yeah so wow that's pretty, pretty impressive cool. stuff oh yeah. yeah then here then let me let me just show you the last cool part um let me screen share again sam's network bandwidth is low oh hey what's up everybody now i'm on the screen <laughs> CG. there's christian <laughs> oh, no. not responding okay there we go they're actually just gonna be seeing the grid view so uh here this is the cool this is the cool thing <laughs> oh come on so disturbing <laughs> it just left their mouth open i just like uh... so, everything everything's kind of locking up right now for some reason but all right here we go guys oh, oh no. my gosh he oh, got it, it. how'd you get it on top he stole that yoink yeah there you go now people can see that's crazy. Okay, here's the last thing I can show you guys. This is Wait, how easy is it to make one of those uh, facial map thingies? Like, can you? Uh... It, take, it takes a few hours to get it working. Really? Um, there's some easy like stuff that happens at the beginning, but then the hard part is uh, assigning all the blend shapes, which are all the different facial expressions, and that takes a little bit of manual labor. Anyways, uh, here's the here's the fun stuff here, which is the, the our virtual studio. Mm. Oh yeah, because uh, we had somebody come in and do oh, a lidar wow. scan. Right? Oh. Whoa! Wow, so, dude, that looks so, that looks uh, better than the last time I saw it. The studio looks like it just looks, a straight up picture, like you're actually yeah, there. That, yeah, for real. So, so it, I'm not gonna like really show it like in full because there are a lot of glitchy stuff, glitchy parts. But mm -hmm. uh, when you throw in some like depth of field like this, yeah, uh, yeah it looks on real. your camera, it starts that, to look yeah. pretty pretty natural again. Um, the fact so, that like when you scan the studio that you also just get all the lighting baked into it so you just get actual photoreal lighting it really goes a long way towards making it look good yeah so it's yeah this is there we go oh there we, nice and like <laughs> nice depth of field there on these that characters. focus control is awesome yeah man unreal has such good like graphics capabilities it's pretty crazy there's always that issue in video games where like the stuff that's out of focus, like that's in focus, like the edges blend into the out of focus background and see yeah, like, this halo. So for those of you guys who don't know about this, um, we what we did is a couple of months ago, um, we had a guy with a Leica VLK 360 camera come by the studio and he did a full LiDAR scan of the entire studio and then using this software system that they have basically linked together all these different captures that he got from around the studio which created one single huge, huge image of our studio that has all adjustable lighting and all adjustable focus and all adjustable space where you can place the camera within that 3d space mm -hmm. um and so we're using that uh, to like create our set, yeah. if you and will. Actually, here's one last thing. Scene. The last thing here, which is, we can't do a React video without that green couch. I showed some of you guys this last <laughs> week, but I made sure that the couch is like super on point, so you can take a look here. It's good color. You nailed Dude, the color. It's legit. Yeah, it's so, it's so funny. 
I like that you can see the photo scan couch right in the background there. The actual couch is behind it. But I don't know if you can see how how super high res. Yeah, it's crazy. High res of like couch textures on there and everything. That's crazy. It's like actual. It's such a good detailed leather texture. Yeah, it's a. It's one. I think it's a alligator skin. Is this a Is this a model? Of a couch, or did you? It's, say a, it's, a, it's a model. It's the closest one I could get. Um, okay, that was free. <laughs> yeah, uh, there was like a nice one that was like a hundred bucks, but that was like identical to. Yeah, there's the yeah. actual couch in the background. In the background. Yeah. <laughs> See how glitchy it that looks. So <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, with the right textures on it, it's like wow, that's pretty solid looking. And I got that like the nice material setting, so it's got that like leather shine to it. But uh, yeah. So it's pretty. It's pretty crazy looking. It's like it kind of looks like we rendered it in like Cinema 4D or like an actual, like good <laughs> rendering application. So but say, it's all real time. Say that. Uh, say that it, this video, um, you know, is like our 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 foyer into this technology, and then we want to go out and we want to make another one. If we want to make a video that's set in, say. Uh, a space environment or what have you where do we get the actual um set from oh geez well like how do you I mean, do you render that and in, in... no it's basically the same way you do it any other way you just you gotta find some assets and you gotta put materials on them and you gotta drop them in okay um, so but isn't uh, that gonna end up looking very video gamey i mean it depends it really depends you can put a lot of work into it and it won't <laughs> so yeah, it, yeah it, it depends on what you're trying to go for it's like if are you going photo real well then put a ton of time and money and effort into it and if you're trying to go less photo real then it's pretty easy also video games tend to look like video games because they're so optimized to be able to run at real time at high frame rates on most machines whereas yeah. if you know you're only going to be doing this on like one powerful machine and you can kind of get away with doing a really low frame rate cuz you're just going to compile all the frames together it's like you can actually crank those settings and make it look really exactly. good Exactly. Well c- currently this is still this is all the whole studio set I have built here is running at like uh I can run it at like 60 fps in real time. Um uh, and I probably could push it a little further, just fine. Uh, but yeah, like I'm using these these super high polygon like models for that. The scan is not optimized for like real time stuff. Um, but as, as Bren was saying, like if I'm rendering and making camera angles and cuts and actually setting up like a cinematic, uh, at the end of the day when I want to render it out, um, it you can there's a feature where basically it will just render it frame by frame, and. Uh, but but even still, the frame the frame by frame is almost still real time, um, but it, that way it outputs it at uh, a nice smooth frame rate. So what kind of if you could do a series with this tech, what kind of series would you want to make with it? Like say anything, on the corridor channel, anything your heart desires. No, but because... what what do you what do you desire? Since you you've been the one who's been playing with it. <laughs> what, oh, do what do you desire? I have desire? Like, I, I already I already I thought of like three different things that we could do. I don't know. I mean, there's there's plenty we could do that. We could try that Mars Gang one since I already built out a ton. Of that's the first one that came to my forth. head. Mars Gang um, would be perfect for this. Yeah, that's weirdly yeah. the first thing that came to my head. It would. Um, I would. Yeah, for that, like, uh, the the only thing that gets tricky when you start doing this real time stuff is like when characters interact with objects because, mm-hmm. um, you know, it kind it quickly could look like a video game if it's like you gotta grab something yeah. and then and it like sticks to their hand and like getting that kind of stuff smooth is honestly um, like the hard part what are the logistics of of uh like shooting green screen assets for it is that impossible yeah. or, or is that useful like a live play a yeah normal, live play like live yeah. person yeah uh, well it's gonna be like a normal green screen shoot basically you know you're gonna still have all your issues of like matching lighting and all that kind of stuff and tracking Maybe not tracking your camera so much. Yeah, but you can adjust the perfect. lighting in the. Well, I yeah, it's like I don't want my world to have the same shitty lighting that we're using on a green screen set. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, we can do that. I mean, what if you just like you know you build up the tools in your video game to replicate the lights that you have available to you in real life, and then you just make sure that you're lighting with the same things. Uh, yeah, you could, but but you still deal with that issue of like, all right, well, like, what's going to be real? Like, are the tables and objects you're going to interact with? Well, real? say we want to do. Nico's, you know, Nico's field 
that he's got in this background reminded me of of a PUBG series that we could do. And say there's a man running around inside of uh, like a. Okay, if he's running, well, he's not. It's not a green screen. Okay, but... <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like instantly, it's we're like, hold on. It's a series about a character in a battle royale environment, and he's running around. He's interacting with objects, obviously. So, wouldn't be that hard in terms of like, oh, we need a we need a house where somebody can go into. We need home, like residential objects, game objects that you can interact with. So, I I would say the the moment you have a live character. I think you don't want to use Unreal because I think you want to use like cinema and Octane and like you have a real flesh and blood person. So you want your environment to look as like physical as possible and Unreal like can get really close with some tricks. Okay. But I would say at that point, you might as well just like do your scene. With I've been really wanting to do a, uh, a scene like that, but on the moon, because I want to do this video about the moon and it'd be really cool to be able to talk as if I'm standing on the moon while while saying whatever it is I'll be saying, uh, with a moving camera on a green screen using Vive trackers and as much virtual reality, uh, or sorry, virtual production uh, stuff as possible. But so I'm then, what listening. do we? What do we? Do we need anything real, like gray dirt and a moon suit, or like, or what? Do you, do you need, do you actually capture anything live, or other than yourself? uh whatever's not on a green screen anything not keyable would be captured so you can oh. you can do that where you have hey. like a, a floor i okay. forgot, I, did, I totally forgot to mention this um but <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna say how i have it or who gave it to me but okay <laughs> i have an <laughs> app on my that. phone right now that tiktok will record video <laughs> it will record video and record a 3D this. camera animation of the camera move at the same time. And it's currently working. Awesome. I haven't done like it actually works? Have you, have you done testing? I'm looking at it right it? now. I have it open right Red now. And, Nico's and I set my floor down. plane. I set my floor plane. All right. Boop. And then I hit record on my video. And it's got a, the whole environment's 3D tracked. And it syncs that up to your video. Whoa. So I, have, so, I, have, I have it working right here. So and how do you, you put it in your computer and then you can just drop your visual effects objects into the scene without having to track the scene? Yes, you don't have to motion track it. It just Do we go back? But how does that data things that how do you, in cameras video? <laughs> it saves the data to your phone and then you ex, you, you export it or send you have it. You to mount there. the phone to the camera or something? How are phones so much better than like professional cinema cameras these days? Like well, it's, cuz it's using a million freaking sensors in here, dude. I know, but yeah, and the like processing the phone's power. Like, phones a thousand bucks. Having, <laughs> limited uh lens selection helps where it's like it's they they know the exact calibration of the lenses on here that helps yeah. the moment you start putting your own stuff on there it's it's over you've seen how like phones have like three or four lenses on them now right yeah, yeah. remember like i made this prediction about 10 years ago that in about a decade <laughs> we're not going to have cameras we're just going to have okay. lenses with a chip on the back and this is actually kind of becoming that they just put all the lenses into one package rather than having in a box of individual lenses. Here's just a cube that contains all the lenses and the chips just permanently across all of them onto the same computer. So you just have a, a, a lens box that you're pointing at things. You just decide which processing chip you want to use because the, the, the imaging chips aren't the expensive part. The lens is the expensive part. So at a certain point, the camera is going to be like, you know, the chip on the back of the lens is going to be a couple hundred bucks. The lens itself is like a, you know, $8,000 lens. Yeah, we're getting super close to that. It's taking yeah. on the form of a bunch of lenses packed onto the front of your phone right now. But whoa, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I'll, I should shoot a shoot and like render a little demo so you guys can see the quality of the track on this sucker. Yeah, yeah I'm I, curious as like how much it's the apps. What? <laughs> can Can you uh, give me your source for this app? Can you, like, uh, I'll have to do it. I'll do it. I'll side. Let's sidebar that conversation. Offline. Offline. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say you probably know who, exactly who it is already. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, me. <laughs> I made it. Hey, no, you guys I'm wanna, stupid. I couldn't do it. <laughs> you guys want to end with a trippy futurology conversation to wrap up this podcast? Yeah. Sure. Sure. All right. Cool. So, you guys are familiar with like neural networks that can identify an image, right? So, like, if you go into Google and like you upload an image, you can say like, "This is a picture of a boy," or a picture of a tree, or you know, whatever, right? Sure. Mm -hmm. And it's not like 
you know, it's just an arbitrary thing. It's based around a computer just learning how to, how, you know, to apply different weights and values to different clumps of pixels, you know, that have a correlating pattern to being this, an object. Like a tree tends to be green. It tends to be vertical. It tends to be wider on the top and the bottom. And like, you know, it's not that explicitly of a defined pattern, but that lends itself to creating a pattern that eventually a computer can recognize. So some people were like, you know, it'd be interesting. Mm -hmm. What if we made a noise pattern that like on a per pixel basis, you can put it on top of an image and it just changes like the values just a little bit to basically imbalance that neural network, which is literally just a series of, you know, weighted networks. Basically it, it imbalances that and changes the output. So you can give it say, you know, a picture of a house and it'll return. This is a bus just because like you revalued some pixels a little bit in the correct pattern throughout the screen. That's been, it's something that, like the AI measures until it gets the result. Um, and it's called an adversarial noise pattern where visually it looks exactly the same. It still looks like a picture of the house, but everything's been tweaked so slightly in a certain pattern that the, the visual code basically contains a hack to break the AI. Just how like, you know, back in the day with dial up modems, you pick up the phone and you'd hear the noise and that's the data as noise. You know, this that's, is the data as a visual noise pattern. That's literally programs hacking programs. Exactly. And it's, it's a, it's a, it's a piece of data represented as visual noise, but when interpreted by the AI, it becomes data again, and then, then it breaks the AI. Uh, it's almost like, a, it's not a virus, but it's kind of like a similar thing where like it's kind of a hack. Yeah. The question is, because a neural network does kind of emulate how our neural patterns work, can you make an adversarial noise pattern that affects people? That affects people? Yeah. I'm going to say absolutely. Because there are already so many yeah. different illusions and stuff like that that mess with our brains uh, that freak us out. Like, you know, like the patterns of like all the little dots and you see darkness between them, but it's not actually there. It's like, yeah. you can totally come up with some sort of like design thing that'll just like brainwash. Yeah, let me pull one. Let me <laughs> Maybe pull not one brainwash. Up. Let but, me you know pull I mean. one up. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch, my well, brain. There's already, there's already stuff like that though. Have you seen that... Uh... <clears throat> That image of the that painting of the two old well, th there's a bunch of stuff. I could just I yeah, know. I got one. I got a picture right here that like is kind of just that. It's just an adversarial noise thing. Like if you're to feed this to a computer, it'd probably recognize exactly what it is. But if I show this to you, you'll look at it from afar and be like, yeah, that's just a picture of some junk. And then you'll try to look at it more closely. And I, I dare you to identify a single object in this picture from afar. It looks like a bunch of just objects. You're like, yeah, I can figure out what those are. But when it uh when you look at it here, let me just share my screen. I identify. Oh, snap. Okay. I want you to identify one oh, object. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> All right, ready? All right, share. But you're saying a Wait, computer my, will be no, able that's to. That's my desktop. <laughs> let me try this again. What the? F what is what that? Is that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even look at that and see desktop. like those are a bunch of objects I can recognize. It looks like a deer. Right. Like a deer going on on this desk i see an ear in there what is this a is picture it, of it's like is there a garbage bag in there it almost looks like some presents it, it looks like a looks couple like of a, gift bags it also looks like a hoarder's house it, it also looks, looks like, like it just a looks bear. like a terrible photoshop it looks, it looks like grandma's craft table yeah it looks like yeah, a bunch yeah, of yeah. like advent calendars and a bunch of plastic bags <laughs> yeah it's like there's a bunch of like sewing tchotchkes or whatever like in the back corner like on a rack or something <laughs> But that's exactly what it is. It's basically just a bunch of little elements from pictures like cobbled together by an AI in a sense, in a way that makes sense, like where, you know, things would tend to go. But because it's not actually a picture of anything, it's broken when we look at it up close. So to me, that's kind of an example of an adversarial noise network for a human being. Whereas like, you know, you can show it to a computer and a computer would probably identify a bunch of objects in there, but we can't like, because it doesn't quite make sense. But the thing is, like, could you do that? Like, could you train something where it's like, if I play a certain sound or like blink lights at you a certain way, it shuts all down all your senses and you can't process something. Well, we've done the thing where if you listen to your own voice slightly out of sync. Oh, yeah. Like, that's a great example. Your speech goes off weird. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, a, that's like a great example of a totally not that crazy yet totally works example of adversarial noise. Well, we, did, we did that with Ren and the uh, You're doing it right candies. now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was, no, that's Pavlovian train response. That's, 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 that's different, yeah. That's, that's a that's Pavlovian thing. Does this, does this illusion image fall into, fall into this category? No, that's just like, so maybe like if you look close, it's actually something else. That's just playing on, uh, you know, 
general forms and light. Like from far away, it looks like two people, but up close to the details pop out and you see that's something else. Okay. They kind of mess with that effect in uh, Watchmen, actually, right? That little blinking flashlight that kind of zoned them out. And what, like, what he took over. Yeah. Like, he theoretically, took over. that'd be in, like an adversarial noise. Yeah, like it, like it was a light and it, it kind of basically made them so you could control them or like, you know, kind of zoned them out. Yeah. Actually, no, the more I think about Jake's background, the more it actually kind of does seem like it's an adversarial noise pattern. See, like, so the adversarial noise pattern is the high level noise that makes it look like two people, whereas the actual image isn't that. It's two people. Two people. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like two people sitting down with stuff. But like the way that the pattern plays, like our eyes identify identify the macro patterns of like, oh, here's the general shape of the head, and here's the profile of a noise, a nose, and a chin, and hair. You know, even though that's not actually what the picture is of. So yeah, that kind of is. Man, human beings are so basic. <laughs> <laughs> basic bro so basic okay yeah. but you're, you're talking about here let me pull this up you're talking about this kind of stuff um like there it is like this kind of yep, stuff that's exactly it so it looks like an image of a truck but when it breaks down the AI interprets it totally differently. Yep. So what's but, the use? What's the what's the usefulness of stuff like that? Well, one one usefulness is that it can help you build a more robust AI. Like let's say let's say you make an AI that can detect deepfakes. Yeah. And you know then you have your deepfake maker. Well, you can just put those together, and once the AI that can detect deepfakes can no longer detect deepfakes, then your deepfake is getting better. You know, so you just play them off each other. Oh wow. It becomes an arms race. Machines AI teaching machines. Machine competition to improve the machines. Yes. Actually, I'm basically just quoting two-minute papers at this point. But if you guys are into this <laughs> stuff, you just go check out that guy's YouTube channel. Great yeah. YouTube channel. Fantastic, yeah. Two-minute papers? Two-minute two minute papers. papers. Yep. But, uh, you know, if anything, the adversarial network just... The thing that I find really cool about it, that, or sorry, not the adversarial network, but the adversarial noise, is that it's basically taking what's almost like code you know, like fine-tuned elements and it's turning it into something visual. So it's abstracting it out of it, like the medium that it should be in. But once the AI reads that noise pattern, you know, all that stuff becomes data again, because it just becomes, you know, value points. Mm -hmm. um, so you're basically translating like a hacked, like piece of code that'll break something through one medium into the next. It's like having like a sound that if you play it next to your, like your Chromecast, it breaks your Chromecast. Like it's, it's cool stuff like that, but I'm like really into. Like imagine being able to show a pattern to like a web camera and then it crashes your computer which by yeah. the way happened in old red cameras there were patterns that would crash the old red cameras wait um, really what kind of patterns <laughs> so basically uh, this is a story a friend of mine was telling me they were filming at a certain spot up in griffith park and it was like a like a vehicle following a vehicle and every time they come around the corner the camera would crash and this is the red one back when it was basically just like a, a pc and then like a lens on the front um and they're like, why is it crashing? They're trying different things and they call it red. And so, you know, the way red works is it records into raw, but it's it actually, it's a type of compressed raw where it basically will take different patterns and compress them. And it was these trees. It was the pine needles on these trees that were like impossible for the codec to compress because it's like all the horizontal lines like bunched together then layered on top of each other. There's no way for like the codec was breaking as it would try to take this visual pattern and like simplify it into uh you know the codec and the camera would crash on like, the red one on the red one so it's crazy <laughs> jake your backgrounds <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's crazy that you could point at a picture point the camera at a, a certain picture and it would make the camera shut down because it couldn't process that picture because of the way the pattern was organized and i bet you you could do the same thing with all regular cameras these days i bet you you could put a pattern towards it that overloads like the processing unit and yeah, that would be the really challenge cool there is out. just finding what exactly that pattern would be yeah we could do it on all the facial recognition cameras man and then they'd never be able to get us man do they have that they have shirts you can wear and stuff that like have those patterns that the facial recognition programs look for so it looks at your shirt and it gets really confused and tries to track mm -hmm. that and your face just goes unscanned and now with all the covid stuff you can just put on your face mask dude there's that too 
yeah. walk straight through. Yeah. Now it's socially acceptable to walk into a bank with a gas mask and sunglasses on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like crazy. Adrian has been doing. I don't know if anybody like, you know, still follows Adrian on Instagram, but oh, yeah. he, he oh, looks yeah. like a division bad guy. He goes out there. <laughs> he loves it. He loves Deared it. Up. He's so into it. Yeah. Adrian's definitely at the upper echelon of people who take this very seriously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think he's just having fun with it. Yeah. He's like, hey, he's just walking into banks with with uh, with uh, gas masks on. Gas masks and beans. Yeah. And, and his hood up, of course. The yeah. hood is always up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. All right, guys. Well, that was a great podcast. Cool. I had yeah. enjoyed this conversation immensely. And if you enjoyed this conversation immensely, dear listener, please consider subscribing to the Corridor Cast. And uh, if you want to listen to us in the non-video way, if you want to listen to us off of YouTube, well, we are available anywhere that you can find podcasts. So, Including our website, CorridorDigital.com. CorridorDigital.com. What was that, Jake? What was that? Every time you got to say something important, it just, it just goes wretches. Like, don't care. Uh, it's the intro all over again. Including our website, CorridorDigital.com. Did it do it? That's Nailed it. Oh, and it did it on the tail end. You beat it. CorridorDigital.com. All right. Sweet. All right. Later, everyone. Yeah, thanks, off. everybody. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye-bye.